Well, Ulysses, uh, the Rays took two out of three against the Toronto Blue Jays, which, again, isn't too shabby. Winning series is a good thing. Keep doing that, and you're going to be well on your way to the playoffs. So they did good. That is true. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. And we're the host of the Locked on Rays podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked on Rays your very first listen every day. And remember, Locked on Rays is free and available on all platforms, including the YouTube at Locked on Rays. I haven't checked our subscriber count, but we got to be up there around 340, 350, up there around Tony Gwynn's career batting average. It's uh, it's Tony Gwynn territory, 339. Love it. Yeah. Now let's get to who's whoever has the highest career batting average of all time. <laughs> Ted Williams. <laughs> let's do four, Ted Williams 407. Yeah. There we go. So. That would be nice. That's our next metric right there. Um, also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LockdownRays, and you can email us anytime. Mailbag questions, hot takes, comments, whatever it may be. LockedOnRays at Gmail. Dot com. Well, Ulysses, as we alluded to, your Tampa Bay Rays take two of three from the Toronto Blue Jays. They won Friday night. They, uh, well, I should say Ryan Thompson lost on Saturday night. And then on Sunday afternoon, the Rays got a 3 nothing win. And you look at this series, we didn't even really get a chance to preview the series because we had Evan Klosky on. But if you just looked at it on paper... You would say, man, Blue Jays have some good starters going out there. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Rasmussen versus Gosman, Yucky Yarbs versus uh, Ryu, and then Jeffrey Springs converted starter versus Alec Manoa. I don't know, but that's why you play the games. That's why you got to play the games. And you're right. On paper, they got Gosman, Ryu, and uh, Manoa, and you're thinking, okay, well, it could be a bad trip uh, yeah. you know, at the trop. But no, nah, man, they, they came through. I love the fact that there was kind of a theme uh, in this series, which was score late. Yes. Uh, score late, eighth inning, both first games, and then sixth inning. It might be not too late, but it was third time through the order for Manoa. Um, things kind of unraveled there with uh, the Chapman throw. Um, that, that And that kind of gets to my next point, or a, another theme is that, and we say this consistently and continually, Good things happen when you put the ball in play and hustle. Because that happened throughout the course of the series on, on both sides, but particularly for the Rays. Put the ball in play, I, that can always mean good things. But even better than that is after a team that has quality defensive players like Matt Chapman, because he's quality, and then he makes an error, what you have to do, and it's very easy to say on a on a Monday morning at seven oh six in the morning with a hoodie and a, and a beanie, capitalize. It's very easy for me to say capitalize on yeah. that mistake. But guess what? That's their job. Capitalize, and they did just that. That's exactly what you need to do. And Jiman Choi, the wild pitch, moving, uh, uh, scoring Franco, all of those things you have to keep it moving, and that's what they did. That's why they won. You, you have to capitalize those mistakes because it was a tie ball game, 0-0. Zero, zero. I mean, yeah. you, you had to somehow get through, and then there was an opening with that error, and then they took advantage of it. Right, and that's the thing is throughout the course of the season, and if you plan to be a team that makes it deep into the playoffs, 
you can't just get away with you know scoring five runs in the second inning and, and closing it out. You're going to have some rough and tumble yeah. late inning matchups. So to see the Rays, and I know the Blue Jays are struggling, but still, um, the they they take the series. Toronto's a good ball club. They're just kind of reeling right now, and and we know the history between Toronto and Tampa Bay. Just some of the quirky games and and occurrences that have happened. But what I couple things and, and kind of continuing on my point of good things happen when you put the ball in play and hustle out. Um, that's particularly true at the trot where the ball can bounce any different way. Uh, the opposing defense may have a little delayed jump on trying to get to a ball. Like you would think that, you know, a couple of the triples that Brandon Lau had, yeah. you know, those, you know, in another ballpark, those could have gotten caught. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kevin Kiermeyer chopping a ball of the pitcher. He hustled out, poured yeah. throw to the first baseman. And he, what did he get to second or third? I can't even remember. Um, you know, just multiple, multiple times like that, I think is a really, really big thing. And also um, something that, and I think we're starting to see this, look, the, the calling card of this race team is not going to be hitting the ball deep and, and having multiple guys hit 30 home runs, but it's going to be speed and defense. And defense, I think, is really really starting to pick up taylor walls for example wander franco vidal brujan wherever he's playing um it's randy rosarino we saw multiple multiple highlight reel plays in fact i mean taylor walls at third base i think he's starting to get the hang of that thing just the the bullet perfect throws to first and really any type of it, it i know this is hyperbole but over the weekend, he looked Chapman-esque, Matt Chapman-esque at times. And the thing is, I know people poo-poo on the eye test, like, oh, you can't just go by the eye test, but you sort of can. Like, you can see body language through the eye test. Yeah. You can see comfortability through the eye test. He looked comfortable at third base. I, I, I just, I looked at him on a different light, Taylor Walls, yeah. this weekend. He looked a little bit more stable and and even to his left covering ground where i've gotten a couple plays yeah he felt comfortable enough like hey that's my range i got this i got the better angle you're going away from first i'm coming to first this way like just knowing that baseball iq mentality of this is my ball and and like you said those very strong throws to first that just tells you a little bit of the mentality that he feels a little bit more at ease and that's what you have to do i mean again we've talked about this this is a job for them, right? This is this. And for a rookie, for a first year, uh, major leaguer, they need time to adjust. And so the patience that I've been preaching and you've been yeah. preaching on this podcast, it's going to, it's going to formulate into a Taylor Walls That's a little bit more comfortable. Maybe not at the plate lately. Yeah. He went a little bit cold, but the glove is there and that's why he's there. Yeah. They didn't bring him up because he was going to smash they, br- they brought him up because they know that he is stable with the glove. They can put him anywhere around, and the yeah. bat has the possibility to yeah. work. Or at the very least, you know, he can steal a couple bags and give you some hustle and work a count and draw a walk. Yeah. Is his OPS ever going to be 700? Probably I not. Hope so. Probably not. I think we're looking at the Kevin Kiermeyer of the infield. <laughs> um, although, you know, Taylor Walls has to win a couple gold gloves first and a platinum glove or two. Mm-hmm. But. Um, yeah, just all types of plays that he was able to handle, you know, uh, leaping to his glove side, spinning throws, uh, something that 
probably needs to get highlighted more is turning the double play, starting the double play, and leading Brandon Lau into making a good throw to first. Like that, yeah. that is invaluable stuff. And I'm sure Brandon Lau appreciates it. I'm sure Wander Franco appreciates it. I'm sure whoever is playing at first appreciates the chest high throws yes. to where G Man Choi doesn't have to do a cartwheel or Hill Ramirez, if it's not right to him, he probably won't snag it. So yeah. that makes a big difference too, because that could be the difference between you know, getting two outs, one out, or a guy winding up at second or third. Just like a first baseman that you hope that they can pick it so that they can get, get you that out. Well, if you don't have a first baseman that can pick it, do you have a shortstop, third baseman, second baseman yeah. who can throw to the chest? Right. That, yeah. that, that's a simple, you know, who was really good at that was Evan Longoria. Every time it, it went to go to a double play, a Taylor made double play, and he had to go to second to start that double play, that that throw was always yeah. chest high. Longo always did that perfectly. So that's just a trademark of a good third baseman. Uh, yeah, I, I think you just came up with something. Um, if the Rays need a marketing employer strategy, Taylor made defense. <laughs> there Taylor you go. Walls made defense. There you go. Let's I like make it. it happen. Uh, Bet online. It is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news including this year's basketball playoffs as well as the start of the MLB season. Bet online, it is your continued source for all your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports and more. So head over to the website today or use that mobile device of yours to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, it is where the game starts. I have a question for you. Sure. There are two things that are bothering me that are that happened throughout the weekend. Can I guess one? <laughs> you may. Uh, Manny Margot going to the IL. Correct. That is one of them. That is the player of the, of the week of the American Maybe League. Maybe one of the yeah the the hottest hitting player not only on the Rays but in the American League. And I think he has an eleven game hitting streak, which I guess would continue Correct. even if he gets off the injured list. But uh, it's. Not great, Bob. Not the the most ideal time no. to lose a guy like that. But I guess if you're, which we'll preview the Tigers. I mean, if if there's a time to have to lose Margot, I mean, you should be able to salvage against the Tigers. But still, that's a that's a big big blow because we did see a little Manny Margot ahead over the course of the weekend too. The the classic Manny Margot RBI single that puts the team up, you know, three two in the eighth inning or ninth inning or whatever. I, like, how many times have we seen that? Just like we see. Yandy Diaz, opposite field homers from the leadoff spot. We see Manny Margot with a, a bloop hit to put the team ahead. Or just the one, the, a, a liner that just goes past the diving fielder by a couple of inches. You know, that, yeah. that's also a, a typical matter as well. Um, so that's one of the biggest concerns that I had throughout the weekend. The other concern is this. On Friday, the bullpen pitched three and a third. On Saturday, five and a third. On yeah. Sunday, four and a third. If you look at every pitch, every pitcher on, on, on this staff, they are basically all ten innings or more already. Right. In the bullpen, is what's more concerning, short term and long term, the Manny Margot ten day IL stint, or the bullpen usage? Yeah, it's tough because Manny Margot, that's also a hamstring issue, which those can be funky. And if he gets back, it's not necessarily true that he's going to pick up 
right where he left off. Although on the flip side of the Manny Margot thing, this should provide more playing time to Vidal Brujan. And I am, you know, if we're putting a silver lining on this thing, I do want to see that. Me I too. do want to see Vidal Brujan every day yes. and see him exploit his skill set, whether it's playing in right field or second base, because I don't even know if I mentioned him in the, the defensive yeah, you did. Uh, upright because he, he made some really good plays at both second yeah. and right field, which is impressive stuff for the trop is not easy to navigate as a rookie player or somebody that hasn't had many opportunities and just getting more at bats and, and being able to get comfortable with, with switch hitting. Look, we, we know he, he's not, he's not your 30 homer savior in the middle of the lineup, but he, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. So he'll just deliver a two out RBI double and yes. then steal third and then get an, a, another run in by that yes. one. He has skill set that is so dynamic. I am with you. I'm dying to see some Vidal yeah. Brujan on the field and, Unfortunately, Margot has to go in the IL, but I, I do want to yeah. see what Vidal can provide. Yeah, I'd like to see. I mean, I, I, he's got to be more effective at, uh, on the base pass than Randy Rosarena because I, I feel like every time Randy is on the base pass, he finds a way to run into an out one way or the other. He's so aggressive. He definitely he is. is really in a slide right now. And again, until you can start hitting breaking balls, things are going to change. But uh, yeah, Bruhan, like you said, he's got the skill set. He doesn't have the power, but he has the speed. He has the defense. He has the versatility. He has the contact. At least he's shown that historically. He eliminates the platoon. So that I mean, that that's also going to be fun to see. Is like the number of switch hitters yeah. in this lineup: Wander Franco, uh, Taylor Walls, Francisco Mejia, who mm-hmm. is showing defensive uh, aptitude aside, uh, the pinch hitting ability and the, the, just the bat. I love that. Uh, and Vidal Bruhan. And then at, at some point, maybe. Next year, whenever you add Greg Jones to the equation, Xavier, I, I, I want to see the entire team of switch hitters. That would be what, what you want is just a bunch of middle infielders just spread around the, yeah, the field. Every, everybody gets uh, eight home runs and 40 stolen bases and, yeah. uh, you know, bats 280. And My that goodness. would be the Rays are totally flipping the, the three true outcomes thing on its head. It's, right it's like it's the 2015 Kansas City Royals yeah. in Tampa Bay. Um, but to get back to your point, yeah. Um, that yeah, the the bullpen thing is a concern. Just you, and I think eventually it should settle itself out when some of these injured pitchers get back into the fold. Um, but you you can't be playing this game of uh, Yarbrough gets only through three and a third innings. You know Jeffrey Springs is a converted starter. Like unless the idea is just to convert basically everybody in that bullpen. Uh, for the most part, to a bulk role, like I don't see how that's going to work out unless you say Brooks Raley, you're now a three inning guy. Jalen Beeks, you're now a three inning guy. Which, JP Fire Eisen, you're now a three inning guy. Which then again, then you don't have any bullpen if you start converting everybody yeah. into a long uh, reliever or a bulk guy. It's, and maybe it comes. With, maybe the Rays will have to make a trade or two at some point. Yeah, add some arms. I, I just I I feel like there's a a lot of talent in that in that bullpen like definitely and, and yeah. the numbers are really really good i mean matt whistler is is dominating jp fire Eisen hasn't let in a run mm-hmm. kit has looked good besides the two blown saves jason adam has been a revelation Jalen beeks has been really good uh calling pochet as well friend of the program has been killing it yeah 180 era in 10 innings so They've done well. So my my issue with the bullpen is not like, oh my God, they're screwed. They're not. They're doing great. Yeah. The problem is, is when you start to 
use the bullpen that heavily so early in the season? What's going to happen in July, August, and September? And I know that some of you listening are like, Ulysses, that's okay. It doesn't matter. As long as they're getting wins right now, that's fine. We'll work it out later. The thing is, like, I'm an anxious person, and I'm yeah. going to be stressed out about this until it's uh, until it's fixed. And I'm going to be like, mm, see, see, I told yeah. you guys. Yeah, I, I am. I am because that's an issue. I feel like the bullpen is going to get mangled yeah. by August. Fatigue, injuries, and that's where you, if you're the Rays, you got to hope that some of these injured guys – can come back. Some of these injured starters, particularly need length, man. I understand 2022. You got a bullpen, you got a, the three times through the order. I understand all that, but can you have a little bit more length from your starters? And that might be a thing where if it gets to a point, you got to call up Josh Fleming and just let him ride. You know, you got to have somebody that can pick up innings and until you can get Patino back and Shane Boz back and Yanni Torino's back. And I mean, the, the list goes, on and on, but credit to them for what they've done so far, but yeah. to expect them to handle it through the dog days of summer and into the playoffs. We saw it. It was evident with Nick Anderson, not too long ago, a couple of years ago where he, you go to the well one too many times. And then by the time the playoffs rolls around, he doesn't have crap. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Nick Anderson because apparently on MLB.com by Adam Barry, those uh, little IL stint uh, highlights uh-huh. that he does expected return for nick anderson end of may now what kind is, of what nick anderson are we getting though is is so it, it does that mean raise uni end of may that makes me very happy yeah. and to your question what kind of nick anderson are we getting the one from 2021 where he's topping out at 91 and getting hit hard and no chases yeah. or are we getting 2019 2020 nick anderson who was basically the best reliever in mlb I'm going to go shoot for right in the middle of that. Right in the middle. Yeah, that's fair. Um, what he needs, I think, is a build bar. I oh, my goodness. How could he not need a build bar? Who does need a build bar? It's 7 in the morning, and I need a build bar. Why? Because they're delicious, and they're healthy, too. They're delicious because they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And you don't have to feel guilty about it because they're healthy. They're around 130 to 100. 80 calories, 17 grams of protein, 5 grams of sugar, net carbs. I mean, you guys need something like Built Bar. Well, then get a Built Bar. And you can get it by going to Built.com. And when you go to Built.com, you can use promo code LOCKED15, and that gets you 15% off your order. So choose as many delicious flavors as you can. They've got plenty of them at built.com and you're going to use promo code locked 15 and you're going to save 15% off your order at built.com. Uh, somebody else or something else that could use a built bar, uh, the Detroit tigers, my prediction that they would finish above 500 or make the playoffs this year has gone awry as they are 12 and 23 on the year. And it's not because they're pitching. Their pitching has been fine. It's because they have uh, legitimately the worst, the worst offense in baseball. It's not good. It's so bad. They're averaging under three runs per game. It's they're, not good. Yeah. Last in home runs. It's not good. <laughs> Second last in uh, OPS. It's not good. Yeah. It's not good at all. <laughs> um, and they just sent 
Austin Meadows, who I don't even think has hit a home run as of yet, or maybe he, he has, has not. No, as of two days ago. Yeah. Um, well, he is going to the injured list, as is Victor Reyes. In fact, um, believe it or not, your boy, Mickey Cabrera, is the best offensive player on this team at 39 years old. And his OPS isn't even at 800. That shouldn't be the case. That shouldn't be yeah. the case. And again, it's it, I, I think it's um, one of those situations where you feel pretty good about your your lineup and then a couple of, of injuries derail your spring training. Yeah. Uh, you have to make a trade the trade. Uh, I think Austin Meadows has done well in, in the big picture, but Look, you did mention the no home run situation. Yeah. I, I mentioned it when the trade happened. Uh, Austin Meadows has hit 33 home runs, has hit 27 home runs. He's not a 30 home run guy. The most of not not most of them, but a lot of his home runs are like wall scrapers, yeah. first row kind of thing. That you're yeah. going to see the hit, and guess what? Zero home runs yet. So Camerica, especially exactly. Yeah. You have to know where he's going to be playing. So that those are a lot of issues. And yeah, you can't a te- a major league team should not have their best player be a 38 year old, 39 year old guy. Like that yeah. that shouldn't be it. It's really crazy because it's not like the Tigers pulled the Cincinnati Reds. They actually and made. They actually went out and made additions. They thought that what we did in 2021, we can build off yeah. that thing. We yeah. can go out and get Javi Baez. Overpaid, sure. sure. We can go out and get Eduardo Rodriguez. Overpaid, sure. Yeah. We have a lot of uh, young players, young top prospects that we can call up. Spencer Torkelson, uh, Riley Green, the the multitude of pitchers. But you, I, I'm looking at this team right now. Oh, my gosh. So – Jonathan Scope, he is leading the team in at-bats, 126 at-bats. Take a guess at what his OPS is. 604. 441. He has that, That's like putting him in leadoff. Basically. Like, that's your team leader in at-bats, and he's that's, batting 159 with a 441 OPS. Go down the list. Jamer Candelario, good player, but yeah. struggling. Uh, 573 OPS. Miggy Cabrera, he's... He's almost having like a renaissance resurgence. It's kind of crazy. Uh, Robbie Grossman, 584 OPS. Javi Baez, 585 OPS. Austin Meadows just hit the IL, 709 OPS. Spencer Torkelson, 533 OPS. Tucker Barnhart, 653 OPS. Those are your leading at-bat getters. It's not good. It's and not good. They're, uh, yeah. I So you could have some very low-scoring games because they're uh, – the Tigers actually have a good pitching staff, although it's not like uh, the Rays are going to get their A squad this time around as it's going to be Alex Faido, uh, Tampa product, by the way, versus Corey Kluber. Bo Brisky, great name, versus Shane McClanahan, and uh, Erod versus Drew Rasmussen. So uh, I think the Rays should, at the very least, win the series. And if you're uh, thinking about making a little wager on bet online, maybe take the, the under for scores because – you know, we, we know the Tigers aren't going to score crap. So yeah, and again, the Rays are putting up their 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 big boys on on on, on this yeah. series. So you would expect good things. Kluber, McClanahan, and Rasmussen. And when you've just said all of those ugly, ugly offensive numbers, you would expect the pitching staff to just yeah. even look better than they have. Now, I do have a prop bet okay. for you uh, because you said his name, Shane McClanahan. Shane he McClanahan. said his name, Shane McClanahan. Uh, he's going to be pitching the middle game. Um, this prop bet, though, is brought to you by Austin Holloway 
Um, He says, if all goes according to plan, Shane's next five starts come against Detroit, Baltimore, Yankees, Texas, and St. Louis. All starts are at home except for the one in Baltimore. Okay. He sits at a major league leading 58 Ks as of right now. This was uh, two days ago. In those five starts, does he get to 100? He would have to average 8.4 strikeouts to start to make it happen. 8.4 a start. And he's averaged 8.2 strikeouts per start in his first seven games. So... The question is, will Shane McClanahan reach 100 strikeouts? Yes, he will. In the next five starts? Yes, he will. Okay. And what really helps is you're facing Detroit and then Baltimore. Then the Yankees, yeah, they've got power, but I would imagine they've got some swing and miss to them as well. I haven't looked at the rankings of which teams have the most strikeouts. Um, it's going to be tough, though, because like an eight strikeout outing for Shane McClanahan is pretty good. I mean, I know his career high was 11 and he did that against the yeah. Twins earlier in the season. But like he, he might strike out every hitter except for Miggy <laughs> in his start against Detroit. So however yeah. many batters he's facing minus Miggy, that's you know, that's your number, right? There, he needs to he needs to make a big dent in Detroit and Baltimore to do it. I think he can, but it's going to be tough. Like, I think it's going to be like. 98 to 102 like he's right there i know and i but i also think it being at home and he's really really in a groove right now he really is feeling himself yeah i'm gonna take the over i'm i'm confident in in shane mack not saying look the the question was it wasn't uh you know is he gonna allow uh five homers or fewer in those five starts like i we're just no strikeouts only punchies yeah i'll take it okay you know what? If you're watching on YouTube, I want you to write on the comments if you think that Shane McClanahan will reach 100 strikeouts in his next five starts. I want to, you know, see if you so guys get it right or not. Are you taking the under? No, I'm taking the over. Okay, I also think he's going to do it. I just think that he has to, in order to do it, yeah. he needs to go bigly on on Detroit right. and, and Baltimore. Now, the que- so as long as he gets 100, that's good. Yeah. That we win the prop. Then. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Get Very. to triple digits. Hey. We love questions like that. Yeah, thank you, Austin. Thank you, Austin. Very, very much appreciated. All right. uh, Thank you again for making the Locked on Rays podcast your very first listen every day. Now make your second listen to the Locked on MLB podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful day. And we will talk to you tomorrow.